Welcome back to another episode of Two Average Husbands. I'm your host, Jake. I'm your host, Kyle. Jake, what are you not drinking this week? Yeah, uh, so uh, I've been dealing with a little bit of food poisoning, uh, basically, since I woke up. So I am drinking uh, Bear Performance Nutrition's electrolyte powder because I need to rehydrate after what's been going on with my body today. Jake you, has about, food poisoning maybe three to five times more than the average human. So Okay. I was talking to Jess about this. I didn't have, I got food poisoning one time from eating sushi when I was like 12. And then I didn't get food poisoning, poisoning again until I was 27. And then I got it like three times within a year. It's a lot more than most, most people, I think. I don't think so. Based off of the people I see on social media, they have food poisoning at least once a week, it seems. Mm, I don't think that's a real thing. Uh, then I'm other people just have with, really questionable assholes. I'm going to start off with Equilibrium Brewings, Astronomical Twilight Sour IPA. Um, I'm the least excited about this one, so I'm just going to start off because I think the other one's going to be better, and hopefully uh, uh, they don't both do the opposite of what I expect and, you know, blah, 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 blah. I, I'd like to not have two bad beers today is my point. Um, That'd be clutch. This one is made with watermelon, strawberry, lime, and select hops, so it sounds good, but when you call yourself a sour IPA... That's been a thing recently. I don't know if I like it, so we'll see. That's a it's a fair thing to question, Jesus but Christ. I'm gonna get us start. Jesus, is Kyle good? Is he surviving? Oh, I heard that one coming. <laughs> I didn't think it was gonna full burst because it was sitting there. Yeah, no, that bubbling. that shit exploded on you. It's okay. It didn't make a mess as bad as many of the other explosions I've been on this podcast. That's very very true. I've had some pretty gnarly uh, beer explosions. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I was going to say, I'm glad it wasn't a bad one for you, but I'm going to get us started with our fun fact. And I've probably already said this fun fact at various points on the show, um, which is fine, but I think it's a very fun fact and I know it's going to make Kyle mad when I say it. Hmm. Kyle, did you know that in botanical science, vegetables do not exist? Oh yeah. I think I've heard you say this before. There is in the botanical world of science, there is actually no vegetable. Every vegetable that you eat is a seed, a leaf, uh, a bulb, etc. There is actually no such thing as vegetables in the world. We just call them vegetables for, I don't even know what reason, but I want everybody in the world to know that vegetables do not exist. So if somebody gets on you about eating your veggies, say they don't exist and you're technically right. So I just want to point that out. Stupid. True, though. Anyways, we're going to hop right into our first topic. And Jesus I'm going... Christ, this beer sucks. I poured just a little bit in the can, and it like blew up in the glass. Like, it overflowed somehow. Well, maybe don't shake your beer so much. I don't shake beer. I think you do. Equilibrium, you're pissing me off, okay? We're starting off on a bad foot. You have not found the equilibrium for carbonation to liquid yet. So figure that out. See what I did there? Oh my God. The mess is increasing. I might have lied about the explosion. Well. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. Do your topic. All right. I'm going to go semi-serious with my first topic of the evening. Yeah, do it. If you could remove one emotion from the world, what would it be and why? Um... Okay, I feel like the initial response would be sadness, right? Like that makes the most sense. But I think that my answer is not that. And it's actually anxiety if you consider that an emotion. I do. I consider it kind of like a mental state, I guess. Maybe that's not an emotion. Maybe it is. There's probably some mental health scientist out there that could tell me what it actually is. But I'm going to tell you that I think anxiety is the one. 
Um, I don't have a necessarily any real issues with anxiety myself, but I know that it like plagues people not to say that sadness and depression do not. But um, I think anxiety is kind of like a, um, a more low key thing that people suffer from. Uh, and I guess that's not necessarily as true anymore. Like people are becoming more comfortable talking about all sorts of different mental health problems and right. stuff like that. But like, uh, I know people, for example, that are so anxious that they like can't leave the house, right? Like it is like truly inhibiting their life. Uh, in that way too. So I think maybe that would be the one that I would go with. Um, I don't know. I'd, I'd maybe I'd have to see a comparison to see like how many people suffer from like just um, I would, I would call depression a form of sadness. I don't know if that's the right thing to do. Um, oh, geez, Bob's nice sneeze. Um, well, comparison of who suffers more. more. Yeah. So 30% of adults experience anxiety uh, specifically an anxiety disorder at some point in their lives. So it's it's very prevalent, one in every three people. And as somebody who suffers from anxiety myself, I can tell you that that was almost my answer. And I'll get to my answer in a minute. But I think anxiety is a really good answer because you can, like people don't realize how crippling anxiety can be if you don't yeah. control it. Yeah. Um, and so for me, like you were talking about, like people who didn't want to leave the house, like that was me for a really long time. Like I didn't want to leave my house. I didn't want to do anything. And it wasn't like a depressed state because I've had really depressed states too. But it's like, especially like for me, one of my big things is health anxiety. So I get really anxious about like things that are going on in my body. I get anxious about things that are going on in the world. So like when COVID happened, you know, I was trying to put on a strong face for it. Um, at first. And then like when I realized how really real it was, I was yeah. like, I was terrified. And as somebody who is t also technically immunocompromised, I have an autoimmune disorder. Um, it was really scary for me. And so for a long time, like I didn't want to leave the house. If I did, I was like double masked up. I was wearing gloves. Like I was, I was super freaked out about it. And even, but it's also been other parts of my life. Yeah. Like I actually get social anxiety where I don't want to be in groups of people that I don't know. Like if there's people there that I know I'm more normally fine. But when it was like, when I was meeting like a, somebody's friend's friend for the first time, like it's a super, super awkward thing for me. I don't do well in that situation or like really large crowds. So like at concerts, like being in the pit is like one of the worst things in the world for me. Like I want to be in the back enjoying the music. Like mm -hmm. I don't need to be shoulder to shoulder with you. And my answer was almost anxiety. Um, but I went, I went a little bit of a different route with it. But anxiety is an emotion that I feel like you can remove from people and their life can still have all of the meaning that it needs to have. So my, like my initial reaction was sadness, but it's like the moments that you're sad really make the moments that you're happy feel better. Or like when you get out of the sadness, um, like when you overcome your sadness, you feel like you conquered something. And that to me is like too strong of a feeling to want to take from people. Um, and it's, you kind of get that feeling with anxiety, but it's not true. It's like, you don't realize how anxious you are all the time. Like for me, it was like, if I slightly messed up something at work, like I was instant, my brain was instantly, I'm going to get fired. And it would be that way for like two or three weeks. Yeah, sure. And then um, with anxiety, like the things that I don't, like I didn't think about until well after they happened. So like two years later, I'm like remembering shit that happened at work two years ago. And I'm like, oh fuck, really got lucky on that one. Like little shit like that. Um, but yeah, dude, anxiety sucks. That's a good answer. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know. I To be honest with you, man, I really don't have so many like experiences to draw personal experience from. I think that was a little bit redundant too. Um, so I don't, I don't want to say that like, 
I don't experience any sort of mental health issue. Um, but I really don't like, you know, I have like moments on like probably, uh, you know, on either side of the scale. Um, if you want to call it that where I'm not doing mentally great, but I wouldn't say that it's like stemming from some sort of a mental health illness. Right. And so, um, it's, but I, but I have it around me a lot. And so I think that the one that I see the most perhaps affecting people around me is anxiety. So that's kind of where Mm. I would go with that, uh, just because of, uh, proximity to what I see. Um, but I agree with you. And I think there's, you know, there's probably a bottom line to this somewhere that's like, if you remove any emotion, it's unhealthy for you. Right. Like that, the, the answer is probably, you know, don't remove any of them, (laughs) maybe less intensify some of the worst ones like anxiety or something like that. But like, if you don't feel anxious standing on the side of a cliff, that's probably not a good thing, you know, or, uh, you know, like those, some of those things are inherent to your nature so that you don't like put yourself at undue risk. Um, or, you know, it's, it's, it's healthy to grieve. Right. So like you want to feel some of that sadness to try to help you, you know, deal with some of the pain of losing somebody or, you know, and so you don't want to like completely get rid of that. Then you're just completely neutral all the time to the things that are happening around you that, that should make you feel some sort of sadness or some sort of negative emotion. Right. So, um, I don't know the, the, the answer is probably you don't get rid of anything, but I think the, uh, if we're just talking like there's no consequence to it, remove one emotion. Anxiety is probably what I go with. That's a good answer. I almost went with, uh, depression, uh, just because I having dealt with bouts of depression myself, like I separate that from sadness because it's a very different feeling. Um, like when you're depressed, it literally like your life shuts down. Like you don't want to do anything. You don't want to take care of yourself. You don't want to take care of anybody else. You want like nothing to do with anything. And it's a really shitty place to be. But for the same reason I said with sadness, like when you overcome depression, it can be a really powerful experience for people. So the one that I went with, um, and yes, I Googled a list of emotions to make sure that this was actually classified as an emotion, but boredom. Okay. I think there's a lot of things that go wrong for people simply because they're bored. And if you truly, okay. and if you remove boredom, more than likely you're enjoying almost everything that you're doing. And I think you're in the moment of your life a lot more and you're actually experiencing things a lot more. And for me, like when I get bored, like I, I want to do dumb shit to get myself unbored. Like, and that's normally when I do something stupid or get hurt or I'm like, yeah, I, I don't totally disagree with you, but like, I think, when I'm thinking about this um, a little bit more, if you get rid of boredom, right? Like if I don't feel the experience of being bored, maybe I just don't do anything. But you still feel enjoyment. Yeah. But sometimes like I sit back at, or I'm like just sitting at home. Right. And I end up scrolling my phone for three hours cause I'm bored. Right. Like, and that might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but sometimes it's not. And so like, if I just wasn't feeling bored, I might just sit there. you know like i'm not experiencing that boredom um and i get what you're saying like uh you know you because of boredom you seek some sort of excitement right like or some sort of interesting thing but if i don't have anything driving me towards that maybe it would pull back on some of my desires to go do things or or read things or see things or interest have interest in things and um because like you said, a lot of the like people do stupid things because they're bored, but people also get out and do things because they are bored that aren't necessarily stupid. Like, hey, right. I know I don't have plans this weekend. I'm going to be bored. I'm going to try to make plans this weekend, right? Like, I'm going to try to get myself out of the house. I'm going to try to go see people. I'm going to try to do things to resolve the problem that is boredness. And so if you don't experience that, maybe you do. Maybe you just don't do anything, you know? Maybe. 
But even um, then, you're not bored with doing nothing. Yeah. And so my brain actually went like into a much more serious place with this in reality. Like I've heard a lot of stories, like especially for myself, like people who struggle with like um, binge eating or anything like that. Like a lot of people like myself, like I eat when I'm bored just because it's something yeah. I'm like, I'm feeling something. I do that a lot. There's a lot of people out there thing. who have turned to certain drugs just because they were bored and they wanted to feel something. Like, sure. Yeah, no, I, I I totally get the the positive side of what you're saying. I'm just trying to think yeah. of like the fallout from it, which might be yeah. less enjoyment in general or less. Uh, what is his hat say? Salad. That's a good one. That is a good one. He's a fake uh, Dallas fan, Tony. So I, this has nothing to do with being a Dallas fan. I just like the hat. It's it's a cool fake, looking hat. Fake news. Fake news. Kyle's uh, drug yeah. is Cool Ranch Doritos, which I believe was also his dinner tonight. Yeah. Um, uh, Carly, Carly said she wishes she could dial back empathy. She which does I, have a high ability to experience empathy for other people. And it is, um, I understand why she would want to dial that back. Cause like when you're at least in her case, when you have this like hyper sensitivity to like that emotion, you end up wanting to, uh, be a caretaker, right. right? Or like take other people's problems and deal with them yourself a little bit more. Um, and that's not always good. It can be obviously like any, any emotions probably good on a scale, right? Like everything yeah. in moderation as the saying goes. Um, but when you have too much, you end up taking on too many burdens of other people. So uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. any, anything that you're, if you could experience all emotions, like right in the middle of the scale, like you'd probably be like the happiest person on earth. Yeah. Except your for your happiness would also be at the middle of the scale. So, yeah, so. Maybe, but, most content person maybe on earth. Yeah. I think that's a good way to put it is, you know, emotions are on a scale, uh, much like most things are in the world. And I think removing any of them is going to have negative outcomes. Um, but I think, yep. you know, some are definitely better to have uh, than uh, than others removed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What else? All right. <laughs> uh, we it's could also just. Time, so. Yeah. So um, there's other ones that I considered um, and I'm just going to read them off here. Annoyance. I thought about that one, but That'd I like a good one. Yeah. Um, uh, jealousy. Yeah. Feeling not vengeful person. wanting vengeance. Yeah. yeah. I think that would not be a bad one to get rid of. Sure. Um, distraction. I think if you're not distracted, that'd be pretty, you get a lot of shit done, especially yeah. for those of us with ADHD, we get it's distracted. About, yeah. Very that's easily. kind of what I was tied that to. It's more of like a, I don't know. I have a hard time categorizing distraction as a emotion. It's just more of like a mental state, which Fair. could be the same definition as emotion. I don't know. And then I'm I thought first the, in this stuff, I need yeah, some me mental either. health people in, in the, in the audience. And then the one that I thought would be the funniest, if we got rid of it would be embarrassment. Just like you do what, like you do anything. Ooh. You're never embarrassed. Yeah, that's dangerous. Some people are like that, dude. They are. Some people just like, do not feel embarrassment. And then they do wild shit. And then us empaths feel embarrassed for them. Yeah, I'm not an empath. Carly took all of my empathy and uses it for herself. Um, I have a hard time with empathy. Um, yeah, I uh, I definitely feel embarrassed too. So yeah, I've gotten better. I think I think you know all of these things can be worked on too, and that's probably a way. I know it's a way oversimplification, right? But like if you feel embarrassment about things, 
and you but you put yourself in situations where like you just try to deal with the issue that is like you being embarrassed in like more productive ways then then you can work on skills to help you deal with those types of things right like uh i feel like i don't get nearly as embarrassed as i used yeah. to like i would say something dumb and like and now like you know it's the same concept like the example that i can think of is like you know when you're younger you get embarrassed of, like if you ask a stupid question in class or whatever you know yeah i think that's a pretty common problem that people have uh and now i'm like at the point in my life where i'm at now i just don't even give a fuck right like yeah I'm going to ask if I don't understand because I need to understand. And if somebody thinks it's a dumb question, then like, yeah, good for you, man. Get a laugh out of me. I don't really give a shit, but I need to, there are things that I need to understand and I'm going to make sure that I do. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. All right. Topic Topic number one, done. Get us going with topic number two here, Kyle. I could probably comfortably rate this beer at this point as well. Um, I hate that I like it uh, because it pissed me off so much, but it's pretty good. Uh, honestly, it's a decent sour. It's not super hoppy. So I think calling it a sour IPA is a misnomer and kind of stupid. Um, so I'll give them a knock for that. Give them a knock for their exploding can and I'll land it. Uh, hold on. 3.25. You got it. I know Kyle. So I'm a very middle of the road Raider. It you takes are. a lot to it pull me one way or the other. It has to be really, really bad or really, really good. And this one is, yeah, this one might merit a little bit higher than that. You probably would drink it and give it a higher rating, I would guess. Um, Maybe. I, the, that's the that's few true sour, of a lot of the ratings that we do. The few sour IPAs I've had were very, like, middle of the road for me. Because it doesn't. It means you're not doing either beer well, in my opinion. Yeah. So you're kind of yeah. just like... This one's we, above average. There we go. That but matters. I give it a whole .25 over average. If Is three average out of five? Yeah, it would be, right? No, it'd be 2.5. Uh, yeah, I guess. If you, if you say purely middle of the road. Okay. Yeah. It's about Anyways, um, we'll, we'll take above really quickly. I don't know, like total tangent here and not related to my topic at all, but somebody, oh. um, this was like months ago. Now, whenever Carly first got her car, several months now, I think, uh, we had a friend come to town. Um, a guy that I used to work with and we went and had just had a drink and like some snack or like some appetizers or whatever with them. And, uh, he introduced me to like his girlfriend and her sister or whatever it was. And he said that I do a beer podcast. Like He's like, oh, yeah, Kyle does a beer podcast. And I was like, that's not what we do. I don't know why I just thought of this, but I was like, that is the, that is the worst way to describe what we do here. Yeah. We I, happen to drink in order to, yeah. like, we stimulate conversation and, and, like, just enjoy beer, right? But um, we do not do a beer podcast. That's yeah, not no. what this is. We drink like, beer while podcasting. Dude, we do if this not was do a beer, beer podcast, podcast, our podcast would be, like, over right now. Yeah. It would be we, less than 20 minutes every time. We could probably pound a couple beers, give a couple reviews, and like call it good and peace out. So yeah, um, it'd be it'd be a. I'm tough not going to say I was offended by him saying that, but I did say that's not what we do. <laughs> I was like, we You're like talk we talk about stuff. We do drink beer and we rate beer, but we but... talk about stuff. That's why we're here. Anyway, I just thought that was funny. All right, so I wanted to talk about this last week. It was maybe a little bit more in the news and popular last week to talk about, but I didn't forget that I wanted to talk about it. So I want to talk about threads um, as a social media, which is hilarious because I don't have social media, but I do want to talk about, Jake can talk about it maybe from an interface standpoint, because I'm assuming you're on threads. I am. I would imagine you are. So maybe Jake can talk about it, usability and give a review on that. Because honestly, I don't know anything about it. Carly uh, started it maybe day one, and I don't know if she's gone back to it since then. But really, I want to talk about the competition of it and the claims of copyright infringement that are coming from Elon and the Twitter team, which I think are kind of funny. So 
we could do this however you want. <clears throat> you can contribute to the conversation and I can just start. But um, Threads, if you didn't know, is the new newest, probably newest yeah, popular newest. social media. I'm sure there are other ones getting created all the time, but the newest mainstream social media site is uh, Threads. And it's not even its own independent site. It is an extension of Instagram because really Meta is trying to source all things from at least it seems Meta is trying to branch everything out from the context of Instagram in yeah. in different methodologies, right? So you have like your um, your TikTok imitation that is coming through Instagram Reels. Yep, Reels. Right. So you have Instagram Reels. Now you have Instagram Threads, even though it's not called Instagram Threads, it's just Threads. But like you have extensions of the base platform, which is Instagram, that they are building from. Right. Um, so anyway, that was a long way to say that it's not a different social site per se, that it is just an extension of, of Instagram. So <clears throat> rolls out immediately. I think it is the most popular within the first day social media of all time. And somebody yeah. can quote, somebody can challenge me on that. But I remember seeing statistics rolling out on the day of uh, of, of threads uh, becoming a platform. And it was like within the first hour, they had like hundreds of millions of fucking people signing up. Or yeah, it was, it was it was 30 million within 24 hours and then 100 million within five days of launch. Mm. Yeah, that's a little bit less ridiculous, but still crazy. Like the amount of people that hopped over to, to threads. Uh, and so a it's a new the new cool thing on the block. So that's great. Um, I think there's a, many different things to talk about here. But one of them is and I guess I'll go first with the whole um copyright infringement piece of this because i think it's a little bit funny right so elon musk basically because of a twitter comment i think in, in at the beginning and somebody can also challenge me on that i don't know but i think elon tweeted something a while back about how something sucked about twitter right like i think that's how this all started he gets into a twitter argument and ends up buying the fucking social media platform basically because he had an ego problem and this is simplifying the problem but Elon buys Twitter and goes in and fucking cans everyone. Cleans house, right? Walks in on day one with a fucking toilet. Or was it a sink? I don't know. Something weird. Yeah, something dumb. Weird guy, right? And like the more I know of Elon, the less I like Elon. And that's probably not true of everybody, but I think he's just kind of a fucking odd duck. So he cans basically his entire development team. And so you saw all these crashes with Twitter happening and like server problems, interface problems. People aren't able to log in. You've seen all this stupid fucking bullshit with verification, not verifications, paid subscriptions, everything that I hate a lot of things were broken for like Like a month. There's so many problems with Twitter because of the mass firings that he did. And I don't know if he, I think he expected an oversimplified platform that was run by like, you know, less specialized teams, but really it was so many little specialized teams that he just completely fired that were handling certain aspects of the app that when he got rid of them, the thing stopped functioning. Um, So anyway, fires a bunch of people, right? And laughs about it. Comments on Twitter, really just talking shit about these people, saying they're lazy. He gets in Twitter battles with people. Fired some people on Twitter. Like yeah, use like, Twitter to fire some people. Some absolutely crazy scenarios with, with Elon and the way he dealt with taking over Twitter. Well, shockingly, but unshockingly, what is it? I don't know. I don't know how many months it's been since Elon took over Twitter, but however many months, less than a year. Surprise, surprise, Instagram slash meta comes out and releases threads. And so Elon immediately takes to Twitter. Yep. And says, copyright infringement. 
these people went and stole my intellectual property and they took it over and developed threads, which, okay. This is where the conversation probably starts after all that background that you probably already knew if you're listening to this. Um, there is no, okay. So it, copyright law or intellectual property law is actually very um, difficult to navigate. I've done some recent stuff uh, dealing mm. with this actually for school and it, um, it's, it's a lot of gray areas and there's actually still cases going to the Supreme court to try to deal with this, this type of a case. So we'll see what actually happens with this one. But the long story short of it is they developed a different platform. It's not called Twitter. It doesn't do exactly the same thing as Twitter. It's not based in the same interface as Twitter. Like, so he probably doesn't have a ton of ground to walk on unless he can prove that, um, you know, very like specific or, uh, chunks of code or whatever from Twitter were taken and copied and put into right. the, uh, the engine that is now driving Twitter, which he probably, or sorry, threads, but he probably can't do that. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, what are your thoughts on that before I talk about anything else? Cause that was a lot of me talking. Yeah. I think it's typical Elon thinking he's smarter than he is and it's not going to go anywhere because it, I mean, what can you really argue that threads stole from Twitter? You can post your thoughts on the internet. Okay, we've been doing that with forums. We've been doing that with Reddit. We've been doing that with Facebook. We've been help people. We've been doing that with Instagram, Vine, TikTok, whatever it may be. Like people have been doing the same concept for years. Twitter was just the first platform that really like blew up in kind of its own niche way. And even then, they've well, changed it was niche, from right at the moment because it was character limited. Uh, yeah. You know, there's different things that made it unique. I guess to me, honestly, character limitation and was probably the biggest unique factor. Like they wanted you to be concise yeah. with your thought. Yeah, exactly. It was 140 characters when it started. You couldn't type anything longer. You couldn't do a thread. You couldn't do just about anything else. Like for a while there, I don't even think you could post pictures or video to it. I was going to say um, that, but I wasn't sure. So I didn't say it out loud, but I think I, you're right. I'm pretty sure you couldn't at first. And then they made it 10 second videos. And then when they decided, once they bought Vine, they made Twitter's limit like 30 seconds because you were, you could do 30 second vines or something like, like, so they've like, they've expanded what they were from what they originally started as. But even if you get down to the base aspect of it, like threads, like you said, is not Twitter. It is a new social media platform yeah. that offers similar features. But if that's the case, you have to sue, um, blue sky, which is Jack, the creator of Twitter his new project that's coming out you have to sue the one that the all the uh the trumpies are on truth social, truth social or whatever yeah. it's called like yeah. there's 50 if you're gonna do that you're gonna open a, a really bad bag of like a really bad really gross can of worms where you're gonna have to sue 58 companies that are doing the exact same thing in a different way and you can't do that like if if that was the case youtube could have sued vimeo if that was the case, Twitch could have sued YouTube when you started to be able to live stream on YouTube instead of yeah. doing it on Twitch. Like there's been so many instances of similar products coming out and nothing can ever come from it because like you said, it's different base code. They do things in a different way. They have different servers. They operate in a different way. They a, don't steal terms. Win that lawsuit. Yeah. yeah. It, it'll never happen. They will never win that lawsuit. Like I will and, make that claim on this podcast. Yeah. You're, I mean, honestly, you're probably right. And I would agree with you. And, but one of the interesting things too, is that like, Elon himself like went on Twitter when he fired all those people. Right. And was like, good luck getting gainful employment, doing this, this somewhere else. Right. Like he, he was like, 
insulting them, but also it was like a farewell insult to a lot of these developers yeah. that he fired to basically be like, you're not going to do shit because you're not going to be a part of Twitter. <laughs> and they went and found gainful employment, making Twitter's competitor. And, and I think that's the second part of this conversation. And that is my, my belief in the fact that competition is good everywhere. Yes. You do not want to have anybody that is the sole provider of a service because then you as the consumer will inevitably be at the, you know, I wouldn't say the beck and call this, that's the wrong phrase, but you are at the, um, at the mercy of whatever that company is because they can set prices, they can track data, they can do whatever they want, however they want, as long as you, they are the only one that offers it. So if, which by the way, tracking data is a terrible comparison because meta is maybe the worst criminal of that. But Meta can now offer different things through Twitter. Maybe they offer a verified option that's cheaper or free now, or, you know, like they can do different right. things to make it competitive and try to try to um, suss out Elon and, and his intentions, which is hilarious, by the way, because he reported that they're at a, like a $50 million negative cash flow or something ridiculous. Uh, I saw that the other day, like they are, Twitter's not doing very good. So. Yeah, no. Uh, and, uh, you know, Meta came out with the, with the threads at the right time. So I think competition's good. I think they don't have a suit for intellectual property. And then um, I'll give Jake the remainder of my time if he just wants to talk about threads interface and how it is via or versus Twitter. And um, if there's any goods, bads, or otherwise you want to talk about. Yeah, it's it's shitty original Twitter. Like a lot of the search functionality isn't very good. Um, if you have a following somewhere else, it's really hard to get that following to cultivate over agree, two yeah. threads. Like I have over 2,100 followers on Twitter. I won't sniff that on threads for years. Like just because one, it's so new that most, most of the people that I know that have it is simply, we have it as a backup plan in case Twitter fails. Like if Twitter goes away, it's, it's just where we're going to go. And it's where everybody's going to go. It's either going to be that or blue sky, blue sky. You have to sign up to even get into it right now. You can't just create an account. And it's really the only like semi-close alternative that we have. So I think for most of us, like threads is never going to be somebody's main platform unless you have built all of your following off of Instagram. That is really going to be the only way that you are going yeah. to see success with it right away. And it's so new that you can't monetize it in any way. Like you can monetize Twitter. You can. Mm, that's not true. Do you mean as an individual user, you can't? That yes. might be true. Yes, I was like say, I, because Threads is certainly making money off of what they're doing. Oh yeah, a hundred percent, they're making money. But like, yeah, I, I could I could get paid right now for an ad on Twitter, and I cannot get paid that on Threads sure. just yeah, because yeah, yeah. the following is not there. The user base is not currently like. It probably yes, is they have for a, like some big hitters, like celebrities and shit like that. But yeah, yeah. for the average user, you're right. It, it's probably not. You but know, but that's the other thing is like, money. it's really hard to search on threads like it's if somebody wants to type in my username over there is jperry underscore ff if you were to there's really not a good way to type that in and search for my threads account you have to find my instagram account that i had to make to tie to that account which is just a second instagram account that i have that i'll never post on simply so i didn't have to tie that to my personal instagram yeah, Carly didn't have a lot of good things to say about it. And like one of the things that frustrated her was that she wanted to join immediately because she wanted to grab her like her own username that she wanted. Yeah, but you can't because it just takes whatever your Instagram username is. So you yep. don't really get a selectability in that. So that's not really exactly a you know a positive feature that people and, are happy about. And and so many Instagram handles are already taken. Like Perry underscore FF never thought that'd be taken. It's gone. Hmm. 
like it's just it's the most rant like it's my last name which is not a common last name underscore and then the ff is for fantasy football and you that was gone i could not create an instagram account with that name because somebody had already claimed it so it it's i see where they're going with it and i do think it can be successful eventually but it's very clearly not at the place it needs to be to be successful at this moment okay cool well, we're technically over time now, so thank you for filling the last couple minutes there for me. Um, but I'm going to start my next beer, and then Jake can go into his topic. My next beer is the Imperial Kettle Sour called Copa Cablama by Fort Rock Brewing from Rancho Cordova, California. There's the can. I already opened it, so I'm not going to. Um, this is a Imperial Kettle Sour that is 8%. Yeah, I whenever dinner, you... So I'm probably going to get hammered. And this is made with pineapple, mango, and tangerine. When you see the word Imperial, you know that sucker going to be strong. Yeah, this is going to be a good one. But the other thing I wanted to talk about is, Kyle, what are some things that either seem bad until you do them and then you realize it's not bad at all? Or what are some things that you think you need to do more in life? You can go either you can answer both, you can answer one, and then we'll see if we have time for the other. But these are two things that I was thinking about today because I went to the chiropractor and my mm. previous my previous experiences going to a chiropractor were not good. They were very like just emotionally cold, like they weren't people people. They were just like, All right, what are you here for? All right, we're gonna adjust you now. All right, here's the stem machine. All right, go home. And but to it be was, fair, I still won't go to a chiropractor, but I'll let you continue. But I went to the chiropractor, uh, me and her were chatting about, you know, what's going on, what was going on with me. For me, it was some lower back pain and some, some pain in one of my hips and, you know, issues with my neck. Um, she got me adjusted and we were chatting about like the sports that I play. I might go play on her softball team, uh, her co-ed team. Cause they need guys that actually are competent because her exact words were, we're in a really weird spot in this league where all of our women are better than our men. And uh, is sexist. If you are gonna say certain things after that sentence, <laughs> no, I'm. Just, it's just like that's what she pointed out to me, and I was like, well, if you need a guy who can hit for contact, run really fast, and play defense, I got you. And she's like, I'll keep that in mind. Don't be surprised if you get a call from me. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was like a really good experience. Like I went there, they had a dog there, so I got to hang out with the dog for a bit before I got adjusted. They did yeah. the adjustment. They were like, how does that feel? Do you want to get adjusted more? Do you feel like we did too much? Um, you know, you want to do the stim machine, cool, set it to what you want it to. The machine will, will do its magic and then we'll take you off. We'll get you out of here. And then as I'm going to leave, they're like, Hey, uh, just so you know, um, we think you should come back for a couple more adjustments or, um, I'm going to do like a one-on-one stretching session with them mm. or they're basically going to teach me how to stretch better. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and Have you ever talk about your haircut briefly. Okay, we'll come back to that. Sorry. Um, but yeah, so it was just a really welcoming experience. And I think like my previous experience at this thing made me not want to do it again. But now I'm like excited to go again. And I'm going to continue to go to this person. One, they don't take my insurance, but I don't care because it's still really cheap. Okay. Um, and I will pay for the experience being so good. Like I'm comfortable not finding somebody who's in network for me and I'll spend the $30 every time that I have to go. Um, but it was just super cool to like 30 bucks. That's really cheap. Yeah. It was super sketchy. No, 
it's like a very well-known place, like really well-reviewed. Like the reason I chose this place was because we have friends who have gone there and have had similar experiences to mine that were really, really good. So that's why I chose it. Um, but yeah, it was like a thing that I was scared to do again. And then I went and I was like, oh, this is actually, this actually can be really cool. Okay. Yeah. Chiropractic work, uh, freaks me the fuck out because I would say that I know a lot of people that's happened to, but I really don't, but I've just heard so many people talk about how, um, they, you know, they, they know somebody or they've experienced just worse pain or like really bad problems after chiropractic work. And then I've heard other people talk about the actual, like requisite education they go through to become chiropractors. And it's like sketchy to me to go and have somebody really fuck with the bones and nerves of your body. I don't know being, I also don't have that many pains to deal with. I have like some back pain because I'm an idiot and did a lot of lifting uh, at different points in my life without ever really knowing what I was doing and have caused I'll some sort of, you know, injuries. Um, so it, there's probably benefit there, but anyway, that's all I have to say about that. So things that I think are, what were the two exact phrases you used? So like, what are things that you imagine being bad and then you imagine do them bad. and they're actually like really nice or and things then, I need to do more of, or okay. things that you need to do more of to make your life better. This isn't something that I imagine to be bad, but I think other people imagine it to be scary or bad. And that is scuba diving. And it fits in both of your categories. There something I need to do more of That's and something fair. that people are nervous about. And I think that, um, so for example, me, I am afraid of fish. I don't touch them. They freak me the fuck out. Fish are horrifying to me. If there's a fish phobia out there, I might have it. I don't like to eat fish. I don't like to touch fish. I don't like to deal with fish. But I love scuba diving. It is ichthyophobia. Is the persistent and irrational Fucking fear of fish. Ick. Ichthyophobia. Yeah, I don't like fish at all. I hate... I. But I like to go look at them because fish are beautiful and they're like the ocean is a magical place. And so if you've never done it and you're afraid of it, uh, for whatever reason, I think you should do that. And I would I wish that I could and would love to do more of it because I didn't go for about 10 years. And then this year, did we go this year? I don't know. I think it was last year. Time escapes me. Uh, but we just went um, not too long ago and I got to go do a couple dives. It was amazing. So um I would like to do more of that. Um, Carly says cooking for your wife at Kyle. Um, is that's something, something that I sounds bad more of, but it's not. <laughs> it sounds bad, and it's not. yeah, it fits both categories again. Um, I am terrible at cooking, to be honest with you. I make you're a good meals cook. that are halfway good, but if I'm not a bad cook when I cook things that I know how to cook, right? So in the, and that category is truly limited to maybe four or five things. But that's fine. Yeah. You just have to do that more. Yeah, but then it gets repetitive and boring and I don't know. Um, okay, so one thing for me, this kind of falls into both categories. And this is going to sound so weird to a lot of people, but I hate stretching. Like, okay. But I don't really after, like stretching either, to be honest It's just it's It's going back to our original conversation of boredom. It's arguably the most boring thing in the world to me. I like dynamic stretching. I like when I'm like moving and doing stuff, but like just sitting there and having to be like, all right, this hurts. One, two, three, still hurts. Five, still hurts. Seven, still hurts. Eight, like that 
that's just so boring to me. But every time I do it, I feel better afterwards. And my chiropractor today told me that as active creatures, essentially, we should be stretching as often as we are doing something, which is technically physically impossible unless you're not sleeping. But it, it just goes to show how little human beings stretch when we really should be. Because a lot of the times we're only using certain parts of our body. We're putting strain on a lot of certain parts of our body and other parts of our body are compensating for that and causing us pain, weakness, numbness, fatigue, whatever it may be. And so you really have to exercise that thing to stop that from happening. And so for me, it's like, I sit a lot. So as a result, I get tight hips, I get tight hamstrings, I get tight calves mm. because my hamstrings are tight. And like, it just ends up being a compounding issue. Whereas like, if I take 30 minutes out of my day when I wake up and 30 minutes before I go to bed, just to do some stretching, I'm going to feel a lot better. And so for me, that's something I need to do more of because I'm clearly struggling with that since, hence why I had to go to a chiropractor. Uh, and my one side of my pelvis is higher than the other. My spine's a little compressed in the bottom. You know, all the good stuff that definitely doesn't make your legs go numb from time to time. Yeah, I would imagine I have probably a lot of those problems and just have been in denial of them forever. The, the most random insertion that I need to make here is I found out my neck is too straight technically. I should have more curve in my neck, but my actual vertebrae are straighter than they should be. Hmm. That is interesting. I didn't know that was the thing but I learned it today. Huh? I don't have a lot of good ones for this. This is one of those things where I've drank a little bit too much on an empty stomach and you're asking me to think and I'm doing a bad job of it. So, um, things that you should do more of, uh, or that I should do more of, or that I was afraid of. I can go again. If you need more time to think. do, a, do one more exercising and by exercising yeah, i mean we've had this conversation quite a bit i mean i'm not going to say strength training simply moving more like our our bodies are meant to move so yeah. we need to as a population move more that's walking that's standing and doing some work maybe i'll do a standing podcast one of these days just to get the blood flowing but i like a good standing desk I really do. We, we just bought just one and it showed up today and I haven't put it together yet, but I have a strange feeling I'm going to buy one too. At my last job, I used one almost every day and it was great. Yeah. I felt like it did actually help me feel better, except for what I wear to work makes my, a lot of weight be on my shoulders if I'm standing. And so it actually like fucked my shoulders up a little bit, but everything else felt better. So if you're not wearing what I wear, which is pretty much nobody, then you're probably, uh, probably going to be fine at a standing desk yeah but it's just we need to simply move more as a population and i hate doing cardio i hate i hate I like, like I, I like sprinting that's what i like i don't I like actually any, hate sprinting i it's don't like cardio i don't like any other form of cardio i will i need to actually just start like we have a hill in our backyard basically yeah. i need to just go start sprinting up that hill walking yeah. i need to go back to high school football days training just running up dirt hills and shit and then coming down and then running back up I should but it's be specific, just like, by the way. I like cardio in like the gym. I don't like it outside. I'm not an outside person. I much prefer it outside. I'm sure you do. I hate... I have a treadmill. I use a treadmill. I've always used treadmills. But I just hate sitting there and just being like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staring at the same screen that I've been staring at for 35 minutes. This is boring. Like, it's just, yeah. it's just a boredom thing for me. Um, so you would think that I would want to just move more in general, but... We, as a human population, just need to move more. It's our biggest problem. 
gets the yeah. blood flowing, reduces sure. your risk of heart disease. Sure. Um, okay, this one's dumb. And I know it's dumb, but it just popped into my head. But some people, I think, have some sort of um, lack of a desire to experience or like judgment of those that do. And music festivals is my thing yeah. that I'm going to say. Because, and this What's is, up, I, like I said, I am openly acknowledging that this is a stupid thing to say. But um, I actually had a, a guy at work the other day and I was talking about how I went to stagecoach this year. And he was like, oh, I'm not I'm not a festival guy. And um, that's fine if you're not. However, I think you should experience it because it's like and people are like, well, you know, I just like to go to concerts. I don't I don't really want to be a festival. It's like I don't think you understand. Yeah. Festivals are a nonstop concert and they're amazing. Yeah. So um, I think it's that's eight concerts that going on that I could do more of. Yeah. Most of what I've ever done has been Riot Fest, which Jake got to join me uh, once. And it's a good time. We should probably go back. But uh I've done it since then, and I'm about to do it more later this year. Yeah, I was going to say we're going uh, we're going to back to back festivals and back to back weekends. It's actually going to be a little bit of a nightmare potentially. We might actually die. I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll be fine. And then the other one that I, I came up with while I was sitting here trying to think uh, was uh, forcing yourself to be uh, in more social situations as an adult, right? Like, so meeting new people, for example, right? Like. Uh, I think a lot of people are uncomfortable with that and then yeah. it gets harder and harder as you get older and older to make new friends and blah, 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 blah. blah. But um, the opposite of that is that you end up just isolating yourself in your house, which is something, especially if you move a lot like I do, uh, that can be very difficult. And it's something that I wish that I was better at and did more of, which is just kind of putting myself in those vulnerable situations and uncomfortable situations out of the comfort zone and get to know more people uh, because I'm a little bit of a... Um, uh, I guess I'm a, a grouch is the probably the best way to put it. I'm like an old grumpy old man. man. And so uh, it's, it is on the very edge of my comfort zone uh, to try to force those situations to happen. And I get really awkward in them, but I will proudly say that I forced myself to be in a awkward situation a few days ago. And uh, it turns out it didn't go that well. Cause it was really fucking boring and I didn't really like it, but I got myself out and did something and I'm happy about it. So uh, getting yourself out of your comfort zone, and really, uh, I, I you know mean this more for the folks that are around my age and Jake's age, I guess too. Because um, as soon as you leave the college age time frame, whatever, it is exponentially harder to make friends and be in those social social situations that are um, less easily accessed, like they were in school, right? And and I think uh, people people talk about this but you don't truly realize it until it happens to you. Yeah. Like you move, your friends move, things happen, people disappear out of your life and you didn't expect it. And it all happens at once because yep. it's, it's generally, um, you know, very localized to your exit from school. School is the thing that forces sociability. Yeah, it really Unless is. You're homeschooled. And so when that goes away, so do all of those forced social situations. Yep. Which makes it difficult for you to, to find them yourself. So anyway, my point is um, get out there a little bit more and try to socialize and meet new people. And people don't suck as bad as I, I say that yeah. they do. There are some really good people out there. Um, you just got to give them a chance. So anyway, no. that's, that's mine. 100%. I, I went golfing by myself uh, for the first time in a really long time this week. And 
I was paired with like three high schoolers and I immediately was like, this is going to fucking blow. And then they were actually like pretty cool kids. Like they weren't annoying. They were like not good golfers. I was by far the best golfer in our group, but that was I'm, actually, I'm by far the worst golfer you'll ever meet. So if you want to fucking bring me on to the first ride, um, <clears throat> okay. So first of all, you spelled meat like the food. So I have to give you shit about that. He, he fixed it. He fixed okay. it. Okay. Okay. I see it. I see it. It just populated. So I, I was going to have to give you shit. I give you a forgiveness pass there. Um, to be the interesting thing though, and, and we could have a full topic and conversation about this is that I think it's actually easier for folks that do have kids than it is for those without, because when you get to be around your thirties, you'll find that a majority of people for better or for worse do have children. And so if you are a single or not single, but if you're a specifically if you're a single, that's even worse. But if you're a couple that doesn't have other couple friends that don't have kids, it just gets even harder to find those social yeah. social situations because you'll find that people that are that do have children focus those social events on places that include children, right? So like children's birthday parties, going to the pool together, going to the beach, what whatever it is, like they find other like and this is true of anywhere, right? Where people that are have things in common get together and do things together, right? So if you don't have children, that makes you um even less likely to find those groups that are, and this is my opinion. I'm, I don't know if there's any data out there about this, but I think that the, that, that is less um, easy for people with, without children to integrate into those groups. Yeah, I agree. And especially like once you have kids and once they start to grow up and they have friends, like I would say a good portion of my parents' friends at this point are the parents of my friends or people that I played baseball with or like, you know, that's who my parents hang out with now. Like, It'll, my dad will be like, oh, yeah, I'm going out with insert ex baseball coach of mine here. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it definitely, definitely can help once you're older. But like Detman, the point Detman made, when the kids are young and they're in like preschool or daycare or whatever it may be, yeah, it's, it's, it's much, much harder. But like, especially if your kids play sports, if your kids, you know, are in clubs, have hobbies, anything like that, I do think it becomes yeah. easier at that point. Which and it's part of the same conversation we were just having, right? Like your your children are forced into social situations, right? That because of that you are also brought into a lot of those, right? Like exactly school plays, music concerts. It doesn't it, it doesn't fucking matter? Like what your kid is interested in, it generally makes parents involved at some point in time, which will make parents interact with parents, and that forces that social interaction, right? Which is what I was talking about. That is absent for those that don't have children, because if you exit school yourself. And even if you're married or not married, you lose the forced social interaction other than generally speaking, individually, unless you work with your wife or your husband or significant other or whatever you want, whatever, right? Like unless you are both in the same job at the same location, your forced interactions are separate. Yeah. You're interacting with people at work because you have to or because you want to, right? Like, but it is happening separately from each other, which is different than when you were in school. And so, and then sometimes those like groups clash together really hard and it's very difficult to integrate those friend groups and, uh, yeah. or it's just awkward because you have nothing in common, right? Like, I don't know. There's, there's a whole lot that goes into no. making friends as an adult. And yeah, you're right. It's, I, I would we could have a long conversation about this, to be honest. We could last point. It's definitely harder as a married couple too, because you can only really hang out with another married couple. If you both like them, like there's plenty of people that I'm friends with that I know just doesn't like their partners or just only likes their oh, partner yeah. and doesn't like their, my friend and yeah. vice versa for her too. So 
marriage just adds a whole new wrench into the to the game and yeah. you, know, you better you better hope you can figure it out otherwise you're going to be like me and your best friends live uh across the country from you i mean really though i mean it's truly and we can actually kind of just talk about this for for probably three more minutes right or five more minutes or whatever and close out the podcast with this because my other topics are kind of lame anyway and i'll bring them next week but um <clears throat> i think like what you're saying right and so it becomes harder when you bring a partner into it but but the problem is too, as you become, as you age out of the force interactions, other than work and work being your sole source of force interaction, it gets even harder for the single people. Yeah. So really you break into categories at that point, right? Like you're not all, which was probably true before, right? Like you're all high schoolers or all middle schoolers, but now you are single, you are married, you are married with children. Like you are people that have something in common. Right. And it becomes so much harder to, find a situation that works out for the two of you. Right. So like if you're a single guy or girl, maybe you are trying to go out a lot and find somebody to date, or you're trying to go just go on dates or go to the clubs or whatever it is. And as a married couple, some of those, some of those values or desires or whatever habits go away. And now you're going to, whatever, let's use like wineries as an example, or you're going to concerts or shows or whatever. And you're doing those things together with your couple friends. And then within that group, you have friends that go and get, have children and friends that don't probably more that do than don't. And at least in my case. And so you end up all of these social divides happen, right? You lose the common ground and it gets more and more isolating as an adult. And I think one of the, the, the things that sucks the most about it is that people me included, like I'm horrible about this, but you fail to find the common ground with those people. Or maybe you're like less tolerant of the limitations of those people. Like for me, example, like I am very intolerant or very frustrated by the limitations that children bring on my friends. And because of that, I have a lot less friends that have kids because I just, for me, like you can call me literally right this moment right now and go, Hey, do you want to hang out? And I'd be like, dude, give me six minutes and I'm down. But if you call your friends that have children, they're like, dude, we got to plan this like a week and a half out so I can get a babysitter. Or like like us, even like when your friends move across the country, like I got to coordinate flights, PTO days. I got to make sure that my flights work for y'all to pick me up and take me back to the airport. Like there's so much more coordination that goes into it. Whereas like, the friends that I have here, like at least we found common ground in golfing. So like I went golfing with them on a Thursday and then they were like, Hey, you want to go golfing again on Saturday? And I'm like, yeah. And then I just text Jess to say, Hey, I'm going golfing on Saturday. But it, there's been plenty of times where I've agreed to something. And then Jess was like, Oh, actually we have to do this or we have X, Y, Z. Yeah. And it's like, so when you have two different schedules that you're trying to combine together with two other people's schedules or six other people's schedules, whatever it is, you just add almost an infinite number of variables that have to add up to I was like, just gonna say when you said that too, the golfing thing like and then try to convince your spouse like that that's that's where you should be spending your time too right like nobody's wife that doesn't enjoy golfing probably wants you to go golfing three times or two times a week right like that's just not it's not gonna work because the priorities are different and and I tried to make this conversation happen when I was very intoxicated to a friend of mine who's considering having children because basically the conversation went you hate people that have kids and I was drunk, so I probably just said yes. Yep. But what I meant was, I don't have any problem with people that have kids, but our priorities are so different, right? That once friends have children, it makes it very difficult to make yeah. the coordination happen to to hang out together. 
Yeah, because, I don't hate you because you have kids. I hate what having kids has done to our friendship. And and really to the priority difference, right? Like it's, if I was more tolerant, which is what I'm saying right now of those limb facts or limiting factors, um, sorry, that's an acronym people don't talk about. Um, if I was more tolerant of those problems that they are dealing with or in like scheduling issues, then, then I would be a better friend to those people that have children. But I am a, I am a bad friend to people that have kids because I don't want to deal with your problems. Yeah. You no, know, we're the, wanna... we're, we're kind of the same way. Like, uh, one of Jess's best friends had a kid and it was like, before they had a kid, I think we would see them probably like at least like once a month, it, it, at least it felt yeah. that frequent. Whereas like we haven't Jess saw her for the first time since she had a kid, but also I didn't cause I wanted to day drink with my friends and that's what I did. Yep. Um, so I was like, I'm going to stay at the, this birthday party that I'm at, you can go. And then you have to come deal with my drunk ass later. Tell her I said, hi, like, and that's what it boils down to where it's like, every time we hang out with them, it's always a really good time, but we can't do this. The thing we can't go out to the bar and drink until 2 AM and then yeah. Uber home because you have to, one, if you're the person with the kid, you got to find a babysitter and yep. then you're going to be worried the entire time about yep. like, is my kid okay? It, it, it even like even dogs changes it to a level, but like kids, it's like a whole different fucking ball game. No, and dude, for me, dogs it's definitely like, does it to people too, for sure. Pets in general, but it's dogs nice. Specifically. It's nice for me because sometimes I have an out and I'm like, ah, I yeah, want to get out of here, yeah, but I got to go yeah, take care yeah. of the dogs. Um, so that, that can be a convenient out for, for you, but yeah. also like that sucks for them because maybe they were planning on hanging out with you for longer. They like, if you're at a party and like you're there's 30 people at this person's house and like you, you barely got to spend any actual quality time with them because they're having to entertain everybody that's there. And you're like, Oh, I got a dip because yeah. I got shit going on. Like there's also just like this creepy aspect of somebody inviting you to like a kid's birthday. Yeah. They're like, Hey man, let's all get together and hang out. It's my kid's birthday. And I'm like, I don't think I should be there. Yeah. That happened to me. That's weird. That happened right? to me last last year. Uh, my soft one of the guys from my softball team was like, "Hey, it's I'm not going to say their child's name, but it's insert child's name here. You should come to their birthday party." And I'm like, "Dude, if, if no, if I come to that party, you're going to give me a lot of beer, and I'm going to black out in your backyard. That is not going to be a good situation mm. when you have 40 kids around on yeah. playpens and shit. Because I'm going to get in the bouncy house. I'm going to start oh, fucking dude, yeah. shit up. I'm going to break a kid's leg on accident." Yeah. Just by accidentally bouncing them too high. Like people are gonna be like, oh hey, where's your kid? And I'm gonna be like, Don't have one, bro. Like slam a beer. <laughs> like it's it's gonna yeah. it's gonna be weird. Um yeah, so I mean the biggest thing and it comes down to you, and I try to describe this, like I said, when I was intoxicated as shit, and really yeah. I came out like an asshole. Um, and that is priorities are different for everybody at whatever stage you are in your adult life, post primary education that is not homeschooling, <laughs> right? Like your priorities immediately change immediately. Yep. Some people are very education focused. Some people are very work focused, some very travel focused, whatever. Like you're, this is an immediate thing and it happens around 17 and 18 years old. Right. So like you're still young, but the priorities change and it doesn't get any better. The older that you get, your priorities are going to continue to become more and more unique to whatever situation you put yourself in. The farther right. you get away from that very, very, forced social situation that is public or organized education. Yep. And it is, um, I think the whole point of this conversation to loop it back into your topic. And now my semi topic here is that I think people need to be more tolerant, me included, very much me included of the unique situations that other people are in 
and then put yourself into more uncomfortable situations, perhaps to make these social situations better as an adult, which will help you make more friends uh, as an adult, keep more friends as an adult, because people have a tendency to really lose friends in their late 20s. Um, if you can kind of try to merge this and understand that other, and maybe it goes back to empathy. We can wrap it into Jake's first topic and talk about how, if you, you know, if you can empathize with their priorities and their situations from either side, maybe you can figure it out. Like for the people that have kids, maybe you can be like, Hey man, my homie that's single, he's still trying to get out there and get fucked up and go to the bars. So let's find a night where we can ha- yeah. find that babysitter. That's going to let us go out on, you know, and same thing in vice versa, vice versa. Like you got to figure it out. We as adults yep. need to do a better job. Yep. And if you're somebody it. like both Kyle and I, who are CBCs, we're childless by choice. Yep. Like you have to recognize that other people will want to have kids. Your friends may want to have children. Yeah. And that's okay. Like Most they are, they they can have kids and you can still have a friendship with them. You just have to recognize that you may have to get a little more creative to maintain that friendship. Yeah. Yes. Boom. We did it. That's a whole podcast right there. That's a Ladies whole podcast. Gentlemen, he, she, they. We did it. All right, Kyle. Rate your beer before I rate my second beverage. This was good. Um, I don't know if I would think that it was as good if I didn't have this second. Because both of these were pretty intense. And like I said, I'm on an empty stomach. So gauge this with some sort of degree of scrutiny. But I'm going to give this one a three point. Seven five. This one's pretty dang good. That's that's a high rating for Kyle. Yeah, uh, and we're on a five scale, so it's really not that great. But I'm pretty critical of beverages, so three seven five is where I'll end on this one. Pretty dang good. I'm gonna rate my first beverage, my electrolytes. Those are they're electrolytes. They're salty, but they they have flavor to them too. They're two point five. My oh. second my second beverage, which I never introduced, I switched to EcoVision brand creatine, which is the cheapest creatine on the market, by the way. Um, I'm no is longer an affiliate. Yes, because it's it's all coming from the same source. It's the exact same ingredient. It's just they are they make it cheaper than every other person does because they're very transparent with their prices. I'm no longer an yeah. affiliate with EcoVision. EcoVision ended their affiliate program and now only has their sponsored athletes, but I will still heavily recommend their products. Um, they make by far the best creatine flavorings that I've ever had. Um, I'm giving this a 3.8. I know that's not how our scale works, but we're, I can't rate, I can't rate this on untapped anyway. So it's a a 3.8. All right, fine. 4.0. It's fine. It's the, it's the orange dreamsicle flavor is so good. Creatine often doesn't dissolve well. It gets really gritty. This doesn't do any of that. Theirs is, and I'm not saying this because I used to work with them, but this is the best creatine that I've ever had. It's the only creatine that I didn't have to like throw eight other things in the cup with it to make it taste palatable or throw it in like a smoothie or my protein powder or something. This is a good drink on its own. So if you work out, take your creatine. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. This has been another episode of the Two Average Husbands podcast. You can find Jake on all of the social medias at Perry underscore FF, except for threads and his fake Instagram, which are what at J Perry underscore. underscore, It's like, or like J Perry. I don't even know it. I'll look it up. I'll plug it. Whatever his nonsense is, he can put that in our link tree if he really wants to. And speaking of link tree, if you want to follow the podcast anywhere other than YouTube, you can find us on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, Facebook, blah, 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 blah. We're all over the place. But to be honest with you, and I've learned a lot about this in my recent days in school, we should probably cut down on our social media because if you're not active on it, then it just discourages people from following you. 
So really follow us on, or on YouTube. That's the best place. This is where we are. This is where we stream uh, primarily, right? So hit the like button and the notification to join us live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, and we are here to do this podcast every week other than some random times because we both have real jobs too. Um, and then you can comment on Twitter or sorry, you can comment on Twitch and YouTube, but not on Twitter. You can watch though live on Twitter. If you do want to join us in the conversation, not on YouTube, you can do that in the discord as well, which you can find in the link tree. And if you just want to listen, we're on basically every streaming platform that's out there for podcasts. Uh, but to be honest with you, the best way to do this is just watching with us live. Um, the video is the best. We do a lot of video or image-based content, so probably the best place to do it. Other than that, I think I've covered everything. I don't know. I don't know what I do and don't cover. Jake always cleans it up. Oh, so I'll hand it over to you, Jake. Kyle covered most of it. YouTube and Discord are the best ways to stay in touch with the boys. If you want to hang out with us, if you want to play games with us, just let us know. We'll get some game nights or something rolling. We'll get maybe we'll do that as a fun Our offshoot last game live stream. Didn't go that well in my opinion. No, so but we'll have to go from up we'll, from there. We'll we probably won't. We'll probably just stream to YouTube or Twitch because I know how to do it through OBS to get it to one of those platforms to actually get sound and everything. But yeah. I think it was just a limitation of, of the uh, the software that we use to stream. But this has been another episode of Two Average Husbands. Thank you all for tuning in. We will see you all in the next episode. And as always, don't forget to tell somebody that you love them.